Let us pray. God of mercy and love and compassion, stir in us some curiosity to wonder and to listen to what you have for us this morning. All this we ask in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. So grace and faith remain the theme embedded throughout our lessons today. So I think it's very appropriate for this season as well, ordinary season as we prepare for Advent, the actual arrival of Jesus. Ordinary in living out of Christian faith and the meaning of Christ's resurrection in our everyday life. Every lesson I think today turns us back to faith and the work already being done in lo cotidiano and just everything that we do. Where is Jesus in our life today? Where do we see God's mercy and compassion in our life? In our Old Testament reading, we hear from Habakkuk. And though his story is a short one, it is filled with a lot of emotion. We don't know much about Habakkuk besides what we get from him here, that he's one of the 12 minor prophets, but it doesn't take much for the reader to identify with him. Habakkuk, Habakkuk is upset. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And I think that it's, we're able to kind of find ourselves, at least I, when I was preparing for this, I thought of how do we identify with Habakkuk in, in our world today? Habakkuk isn't mentioned other than a few other times referenced in the New Testament in some of Paul's letters. But Jesus' response, so as we listen to our Old Testament lesson this morning, we notice that there's a dialogue just between Habakkuk and God. And God's response to Habakkuk is not an immediate solution to the problems and the injustices that Habakkuk is referring to. Now, theologian Julia O'Brien says that nowhere does the book attempt to solve the problem of God's apparent injustice. Instead, it models the legitimacy of human protest, as well as the power of trusting in God's power, even when it is not clear. And I think that that's just very uh, encouraging as we read scripture and as we try to discern and listen to what scripture has to say to us as individually, individuals. Um, and I also want us to think as, as a community what, what this means to us. So we hear in the Old Testament lesson of Habakkuk being upset. And then we go on to our longest psalm, this, the petition to live one's entire life in accordance with God's word. And today's verses give us a glimpse of this full circle of lament and desire. The psalmist is betrayed as longing for God's word tired from not having it, nourished by it, stirred by the prospect of the life it contains, lament. Trouble and distress have, a, have come upon me. And then in our epistle we hear of a content Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy speaking to the residents in Thessalonica. Here, the church, the church of the Thessalonians is praised for their faith and reminded of God's presence, even in their persecutions and the afflictions that they are enduring. 
Again, this recurring theme for me of, of faith and, and how sometimes we wrestle with these different feelings and emotions and these challenges that we face. Their faith has sustained them. And then finally, in our gospel lesson, we hear the story about a man, man named Zacchaeus. This story that is only found in Luke. And we've been traveling with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, getting closer by the weekend, as we read in our gospel here every Sunday. And Jesus is passing through Jericho. So we have the characters here are Jesus, Zacchaeus, and the crowd. Now, I want us to look a little bit at some of the background information. From, so we have the, the world of this text. I want us to look a little bit about of the world behind that text. What was happening at that very specific time when Jesus was traveling? Zacchaeus is not just a tax collector. He is a chief tax collector, so he is very wealthy. And tax collectors were not very liked. They were more persona non grata in Jesus' day. And they were viewed as sinners. They worked for the Romans and they collected taxes from people to give to the Romans and were regarded as traitors. And most people resented the Romans and did not, did not want to pay taxes to them. So tax collectors were not paid a wage. They were expected to pay their own salaries by taking extra money from people. So they often became rich at the expense of those they collected taxes from. So we have this story. Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming, and we can assume that he knew about Jesus, or at least had heard of him, because we knew that as Jesus traveled, the crowds followed and either supported or rejected. But we, 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 we can assume, I think, based on text and scripture that Zacchaeus knew or had an idea of who Jesus was. We don't know a lot about Zacchaeus, but we know that he is short in stature and that he is rich. And we know that he wanted to go and see what was happening, so he climbed the sycamore tree. Now, we know this is an important detail because this is, Luke includes this story part only in this, it's only included here in this gospel where we hear more of these conversion stories where Jesus heals or forgives and therefore there's a sinner that is transformed. <clears throat> so we think that Zacchaeus wants to know what is happening or what is Jesus doing. So, and I think that's what we wanna, we wanna keep it there. We wanna think about what that means. And, I, and then I think, you know, how do we identify with Zacchaeus? I think that that's why sometimes we stay so connected in different ways, you know, whether it's uh, social media, we spend time scrolling online, or sometimes if, you know, we see flashing lights, we wanna know what's happening. Zacchaeus saw something flashing maybe, saw Jesus coming, like what is going on? And can't see it, you know? So we can identify a little bit with Zacchaeus there. This morning, just as I was walking, uh, driving off of 527, the spur, I saw all these lights and I thought, what's, you know, instead of minding my, stay in my lane, you know, I'm like, what, what is going on over there? And I realized that there's a half marathon and I hope, you know, that there's going to be messing with some of the traffic and whatnot, but, but we're curious, right? We get curious about things. 
we, we can be a little nosy sometimes, and we can admit to that. And Zacchaeus is, is trying to figure out what the talk was all about. He wants to be a part of whatever is happening, but he knows that not only is he short, but it is very unlikely that the crowd would allow him to get a better, better view of Jesus. So we find ourselves maybe identifying with Zacchaeus. And this is maybe the way you've heard the gospel preached from this perspective. But what if we offer also another one? And then we can discern and, and find a place to, to land with this. What if we identify instead with the crowds? All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Upset that Jesus would go to this awful tax, tax collector, sinner, just all around human, horrible human's home. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I sometimes resonate, resonate a little bit more with that. You know, wanting to decide who should have access to Jesus and Jesus' forgiveness. Or maybe we find the message in the climax of this story when we hear Jesus speaking. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Forgiveness before repentance. Because we don't know why Zacchaeus was there. The text does not tell us that Zacchaeus was, we want to hope and assume that Zacchaeus was there to be trans transformed and wanted to see Jesus and wanted to be forgiven, but that's not how the scriptures are, are arranged. Jesus, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Lord, Look, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. This conversion happens after Jesus acknowledges Zacchaeus. What if, similarly, this passage is not one where we find ourselves individually, but instead see a message for us as a community? As we enter this third week of our stewardship campaign, I am reminded of how Jesus shows up even when I am unaware, or even when I am not inviting Jesus into my life. Now, I have felt a little overwhelmed for the last few weeks. I'll be honest, for the last nine, week, nine months since I've been a mom um, have been a little overwhelming. Uh, but I have an excellent support system so I don't want you to worry and focus on that this morning. I want I share this because it is also where I have found Jesus showing up. It has felt like we are nonstop, both in my personal life and professional life, of things that we are to do and, and keep up with things. But I want to tell you about one of our family ministries. We have met with a few young people every Sunday during the formation hour since Aloha Sunday. Now there aren't many of us, there's maybe three or four, but we're three or two or three are gathered, we know, right? Uh, but so there's three or four of us sometimes. And at first that was scary. You know, as humans, we start to wonder and compare, you know, the whole, the whole deal. 
what am I doing wrong? Or what else could I do? I'm bringing donuts. Why aren't they coming? You know, and, and asking all of these, these questions and, and overwhelming myself with, with really irrelevant things. But let me tell you, I have learned so much from pausing my Sunday mornings to be with these young people. Every Sunday, we start our class by, so we organize, so I, before I, I went to seminary, I taught uh, at a, a elementary, and so I love kind of to have structure. You know, we had uh, writing and reading time, and, um, and, I, and I love that. So I'm able to kind of incorporate a little bit of that into our formation hour. And so we've organized our hour where we meet for the first 15, 20 minutes. We kind of just have a conversation, very informal, and, uh, and we decorate some brown bags. Now, you may remember that during the summer, we participated in Kids Meals um, Summer Juice Box Challenge, where you all, we were able to donate over 1,000 juice boxes uh, to Kids Meals, Inc., which is an organization that provides uh, meals to kids year-round, especially during the summer when they're when kids lack uh, school food and they rely on on, um, on receiving food from Kids Meals Inc. So, a little background on, on what we're doing. So then we just decorate brown bags and we get together and have a conversation and we theologize. We do talk about God a lot, and we I have learned so much from sitting and being present to these young people. Week after week we meet and decorate and just have these conversations and, and have created these relationships that are, are sustaining and where I have felt Jesus showing up even when I was too tired to say like, I'm ready and I got this, Lord, it, it's Jesus showing up. Uninvited. Zacchaeus did not invite Jesus into his home. And so, friends, I invite you this morning to wonder where Jesus has already, already invited himself into your life and into this beautiful community. And how you could get curious about how Jesus is entering your life. Entering Trinity and how you become a medium to the ministries and the work that we do and how we allow for Jesus to forgive first. And we allow that for ourselves, and when we allow that for others. Amen.